Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. This episode is called The Power of Page One. It originally aired February 23rd, 2022. Creating beyond calculation, beyond politics, beyond the big two, even. Welcome, Silverliners, <laughs> to Silverline's Wednesday Wham in the wonderful world of wisdom with our skeleton crew tonight. Guys, what's up? It's uh, it's just the three of us tonight. We're uh, we're missing uh, mm-hmm. uh, Barb, the Empress of the Inks. We uh, wish her the best and a swift recovery. Um, I'll briefly introduce everybody. I'm Dean Zachary, the artist and writer of Silver Blade and uh, cover artist and artist of issue one for Cat and Mouse. We also have with us the uh, superior skeptic, Aaron Harumphries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Of uh, <laughs> who you just finished something I saw earlier. Today. Yeah, I finished my uh, my Goblins book. It's, it's, it's yes, all you done. did. Yes, yes, you did. Congratulations yeah. on that. Oh, we, have, we have we uh, have the legendary Paragon of Pencils, Rob Davis, with us tonight. Hi, Rob. He holds up a pen. Paragon of Pencils. He holds up a pen. <laughs> he holds up a pen. Still, you know, right. he's good at there everything. There you go. Pencil. He's good at everything. And th- and then we have uh, one of the wizards of wordplay tonight, Mr. Rory Boyle, with us tonight. Oh, Welcome, Rory. Glad you. you're here. I I hear you're. Uh, your partner in crime uh, may show up in a little bit, Mr. Scott Wakefield. may show up. Good, good, good. Good looking, looking for that. So tonight, uh, without further ado, we will move right on into the title of the show, The Power of Page One. And what I wanted to uh, explore tonight a little bit with the uh, uh, inevitable insight that all of you bring to the show is... What does it take to grab a reader's attention on page one of a comic book? How do you do it? Um, How do you just right out of the gate compel someone to continue reading it? Because we've all been there. We've all stood there ourselves in the comic book store, picked up a comic, opened it up, looked at page one and went meh and put it back or opened up page one (laughs) and stood there and began reading and then, you know, got the mean looks from the clerk. Are you going to buy that or are you can just stand in here and read it in the store? So, uh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> so basically, uh, I'm going to start with uh, Aaron. I know as prolific as you are in, in, in the, the fast and efficient way that you can produce the artwork you do, you've had to face probably more page ones in recent memory. Than ben, many of us have, with the possible ex- exception of Rob. Uh, talk to us about, you know, when you're looking at, at your story of Godlings, you're like, man, I got to do this page yeah. one thing. I got to get this thing rocking and going from page one. What went through your mind? I mean, how did you solve that particular Let me see here. Uh, well, I puzzle? could do each issue has kind of, I guess, a page one. Um, some have better ones than others, others have multiple multiple panels that start on page one issue four has a panel page most have um 
you know, it's funny. My so if if you look at the whole book as a whole thing, mm-hmm. it's a graphic mm-hmm. novel. The page one is like a mosaic, kind of like of these gods creating. It's kind of abstract. And then the second page shows them, but the first page that's what I would like. I mean, I have different tastes than other people, but if I opened up a page and it was like looked like some sort of ancient mosaic or something, that would that would get my attention. Okay. Um, okay. Different different things for different people, I guess. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got to welcome very quickly here uh, our other yeah. wizard of wordplay, Scott Wakefield. Welcome, Scott. Glad Good you can make it, my evening. friend. Hi, everybody. Um, hey. We, we, have, uh, we have set the stage, and uh, just as a quick review, um, just to set the table, we're talking about the power of page one. And what we're faced with as creators, both writers and artists, to compel the reader to continue to page two and beyond with page one, which is a challenge. And uh, obviously, it's, it's, it's a different idea and calculus for each one of us. But we started with uh, the uh, superior skeptic, uh, Aaron Harumphries, yeah. to, to enlighten us, since he's done a lot of work with yeah. recently with page one. We're talking about godling. So please continue. Yeah. Uh, I want to wave hi to... Phil, Leon, hey, hey, yo, Silverline peeps. Wow, there's just people rolling up in here. Yeah. Look at this. We got the word bomber himself, John Medic III. Welcome to the show, my friend. Greetings, my friends. How y'all doing tonight? (laughs) Doing good. Doing good. Amy, Amy says, hello, fellas. Happy Wednesday. Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Thank you. Ryan says, cover of a comic can be awesome, but first page can set the tone and give a bit of exposition that's exactly right we're about to get into that in, in some detail here page says how do y'all excited for this tonight as we all are so please continue aaron enlighten yeah friend. let me see i don't know i can hold this up this is what the beginning first page of the book looks like whoa good old splash man i love it i love yeah it. and then, yeah, then yeah. You, as you turn the page then it goes into showing my characters and then like this tornado so that would be <laughs> that would be it, it picks up and the, i mean the, the big reveal for them would be them looking out over this so right. yeah i guess um page one you know usually when i flip through books in the story i usually flip through to the middle right um yeah yeah i expect that from you Aaron. I, i'm, try, I'm I, trying I, to I, think I, of I like i expect that do you yeah. hold it upside down as well, like a little bit, and kind of, I don't know, just push to make, the end and read the last page? to make page. the art good, look good. Uh, that's what I do. Especially with Dean Zachary's book. Yeah, I turn it upside down, so I'm like, what is this yeah, It's going to look better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you're trying to figure out what it, what you're looking at, you want to What you're looking at, you're like, what is this? No, but seriously, like, when you do you even turn to the first page? So some people wouldn't. They just look at the cover, the back cover. You know, I usually just flip through it and see if I like the art. And then if okay. I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if I really do turn to the first page. That's a, a good question. I usually flip through and just check and see if I like the art. So mm-hmm. I, I, strangely oh, enough, a lot of times I will turn to the last page of the comic. Huh. That is something mm-hmm. I do a lot because I want to see kind of like where it ends or where it's going. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The last page. Mm-hmm. You are I a mean, last pager. You're yeah. a spoiler by nature, my friend. That's and that's okay. We need those. Yeah. We need one, those. I inside. think that's issue ten. So that was kind of interesting. 
Yes, he's yeah. dying. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't put, you know, it's funny. This is, my book's made to be one book. So sometimes I didn't worry too much about the first page of the issue because it's all supposed to go together. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Yeah. That makes sense. So That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. That's a good observation. Well, so for you, too. it's really the art, but it's also, like you mentioned on your godlings, that first page, it is like the beginning of the universe. It's, it's sort kinda, of the yeah. big bang almost. Big bang of that's kind of what I'm doing and a lot of times i'll turn to the second page because the second page allows for a splash page a double page right. spread so a lot of times right. in comics i think you skip the first page you go to the second and third page because if you're going to get a, a double page spread that's usually where they're going to throw it right yeah there. yeah so sometimes I'll, I'll do that a lot too but first pages i don't know not not as much as i as i thought um mm-hmm. What's more important to you, the art or, or the written word on that first page? You're kind of stuck right now. It would just... be the art. I'd just be okay. an artist. It'd yeah, be, it, same it, thing. I'd visually catch um, to make me want to read it. Um, I don't know. A lot of times you read words, you don't know what's going on. There's so many comics start out with flowery exposition that really don't mean much of anything. <laughs> yeah, true, so, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Any, so, before, we, before we move on, any... any can What's you? That? I don't know. Can you hear that? My, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll tell her to stop. I think my daughter is tuning her ukulele. Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I do hear that. It's, it's almost magical and ethereal. It's like it's elves like... in the distance in the Lord of the Rings or something. You know, it's kind of cool. I, I thought yeah. it was somebody uh, playing Pong. I'm amazed you can hear that. She's, uh, that. she's upstairs. Yeah. And... I see. I see. Um, okay, uh, Scott, do you want to do you want to talk to us a little bit next about what uh, what compels you to go beyond page one? Um, actually, being a writer, the, the art though still, if the art is terrible, okay. yeah. I, I know mm-hmm. that's going to draw me away from the story the whole time. I know no matter. Okay, the story has to be really great, mm-hmm. but if the art is awful, I just yeah. sometimes I can't get over it. Sometimes I'm just like I just yeah. can't. Especially <laughs> go there. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Um, how, how important that is, uh, especially when if if there are people and they are disproportionate or their faces are you know like yeah. not not right. I can't get past it, and I, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. so that that's a big turnoff. But like Aaron said, that first page, I want to see if they're drawn in, if they've got if they've, they're laying the. The foundation for the story and then art wise like the, the if there's a spread or there's a splash page that's coming up i want to see that and then i will do I, I like to flip through to see what's what's going on what what's what does it look like um but then from the writer's side um i think that there's a if the writer has put a lot of thought into the story the first page first page or two should be really good and there shouldn't be lots of exposition unless Unless it's necessary, but I I really feel like you can the comic book, the visual media gives you so much room to tell so much with without a lot of words mm-hmm. and without without overdoing it and I, mm-hmm. and I I there's a the, the trope of of laying down the groundwork of the world on the first page is tedious sometimes mm-hmm. if there's a, a big blocks of text having to say. Um, the, the when the universe collided with this the imploding star of such and such, I sometimes it's okay, but most of the time I feel like they can do they can do that later. We can find that out, and the mm-hmm. opening page should should set the stage for the story. 
with great visuals in, in a few words or if or and I'm, I'm big on character driven story. I want the characters to show up early. And if you can give as much about them with the image in a few words, it's necessary. I think I think it's necessary. I don't like I don't like having it, having it all explained to you. So uh, economy of of words and then get the most bang for your buck out of those first few images. And so, and is it fair to say you're employing also the uh, to use the original language in medias race the in the middle of the action? Not always. Begin? Again, that can be a trope too that confuses people mm-hmm. sometimes. But mm-hmm. I yeah, jump in at the earliest. Jump in as mm-hmm. as early as you can and jump out. You know, just that's yep. a that's a film. Uh, you know, the, with film, get out of the scene as fast as you can as well. Um, mm-hmm. But but if you can jump in and have your characters doing something, uh, skip the um, we talked about this two weeks ago, right? Skip the new guy showing up explaining the ropes. Or, oh yeah, or telling, totally skip. That. Yeah, telling yeah. them. Um, you know, it, well, like I said yesterday, you know, like or <laughs> yeah. well, when, like yeah. when you crashed the car last week. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why would you say nobody that? Don't, no yeah. one, nobody cares. No one would say that. So uh, use the use that first or second, the first few pages to really, really, really introduce the world and the characters. And so from there, um, and it, and actually, if you're if you want it to be confusing, um, great. But don't be, don't have it be so obscure that you, uh, that, that the reader, you know, doesn't want to pursue more. Have it be not confusing, but um, like a mystery and have the mystery draw them in. Um, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. I was reading something and there, there was, it felt like information was missing. Not, I felt like, like as the reader, I, I missed an issue and it, it couldn't have been, it was the first issue. So I, I was, it was not mysterious. It was like, should I know something I don't hear? Like the story mm-hmm. world, like everybody in the story knew, knew something that I didn't. And I, I couldn't, it, it, it was too confusing and I didn't like right. it. It needed to be, right. there needed to be another technical information. Exactly. Yes. Like, and how many, how many pages am I going to go in, in a novel? A lot of times yeah. um, I've, uh, I don't know. One of my friends has a, his age, he, he goes to uh, the number of pages he is old. And he said it should, it should be the other way around. As you get older, you should have you know, less patience to go to work through a novel. But same thing with a comic book. How many pages are you going to commit and before I mean, to, to understand the mystery of the story? So there should yeah. be something established at the, at, at the outset. At the beginning. And if, if you're going to use the creating a mystery by making it too confusing, make certain that you know how to break those rules because otherwise it can become a jumbled mess. And, and yeah, like make lost. certain, make certain, well, yeah, like lost. Well, yeah, that's a like whole. lost. You can, yeah. What an apropos name, right? It, it's, it, wow. Your story needs that you need to have a hint. You need to have some indication that we're going to figure this out, that like, mm-hmm. we're going to be drawn along. You can't just be confused the whole time. Yeah, and, <laughs> and lost. I love lost until I think season four. I gave up. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's anymore. like I'm, I'm never, done. Never yeah, I'm done. I gave up on page one. <laughs> <laughs> I went. <laughs> what? No way. What is this? Yeah. What's going? Where is yeah. it going? Well, I, I am going to ask. And I went. Yeah, I'm going to ask this, uh, Scott. When you faced your own book, like mm-hmm. 
and you, 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 you were sitting there and you're like, okay, how do we get people into Steam Patriots from that first page? Um, what did you employ to, to get people in? Well, Rory and I did, I mean, we, we picked a world that's familiar already. We don't have to say um, where America is and we don't have to mm-hmm. tell many of our readers what's happening in 1776. So that's, that was nice. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. All right. We, we got that. Um, and then we put the word steam in our title. And so that solved that problem. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to introduce uh, an urgency and yeah. then, uh, oh, Roy, convenient you have a copy of it. Good job, because I'm looking around and I don't have, check that check that page with one a, with an arms yeah. reach. Yep, we oh, want yeah. so we got a, we got a boiler, we got smoke, we got urgency, we have mm-hmm. action, we have mm-hmm. something, and, and that we wanted it to be like some where are we going? Something's happening. We're going there, and um, and then with it, then in the next chunk really sells it though. Yeah, yeah. Sound effects, man. I love sound effects. I know some people don't, but I love they're we, want, we wanted there to be a sense of urgency. The world, yeah. we didn't have to establish our world, which is nice. Yeah. And well, but we wanted to establish the elements. So we threw the boiler in there first thing. And then we thought, well, we'll come back a little, get our protagonist, our hero, Felix, to say some things. And so we understand, okay, he's a smarty pants. And, um, set the stage and then go from there. And we, that, that's what we tried to do that first page. I, and I love it. I love the first page. Uh, I think it's a success. It's it's fair to say that, that you accomplished time, place and character right off the bat. So immediately everyone knows what they're in for. You don't really, you don't really feel the need. At least I didn't to, to skip forward, you know, to say, does this get any better? Does this, you know, there's not, there wasn't nope, that, nope, you know, nope. you immediately, oh, I, I know I'm going to like this. We, th- we, we could have had a timeline, the Intolerables Act, the T. Yeah, yeah. the Nazi <laughs> Act. Yeah. Well, a lot, we could have had the Continental Congress, a lot of discussion, had them talking. We, we right. thought about that, a lot of dialogue. <laughs> for a, lot. A, lot of, a lot of camera one, camera two. Camera, camera one, camera two. Yeah. And the yeah. delegate from New York, and the delegate <laughs> from Virginia. With a bunch of no confidence. <laughs> right. Um, good call. Good call. Rob, we're going to move down to you, my friend, as an artist, right, you're me... called upon to go to page one and, you know, you, you've got to really grab people's attention. Now, I don't have to tell you, uh, there's a lot of pressure there. I, I, I feel that when I do my, my page one, um, what do you, how do you approach it? Like, what's the first thing you, you do? Do you get reference together? Do you read the right. the script three or four times to try to get something in your head? What do you do? Well, it, all those things. I read this. I definitely read the script through all the way. In mm-hmm. case, uh, like from, from page one, there may be something you want to foreshadow visually mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. somehow. So read the whole thing. Understand what the themes are. Under, understand where the story's going. So that yeah. if you need to do some foreshadowing or you or you want some detail, uh, you, you want a MacGuffin or, a, or who is it, Chekhov's gun, you know, if uh-huh. you want one of those early on, you want to throw those in. But you want something that grabs the eye of the reader in some yes. fashion or another. Yes. Uh, and I've got a couple of examples right here. I've got the uh, the... See, wait a minute, it's over here. The first page of issue four 
of uh, Twilight Grim. Okay. Right here. And it is it is a full pl- full page splash, and there's definitely action going on. So, oh yeah, oh cool. You got a guy on a motorcycle, awesome. and, you, and he's at an angle, so you know some he's making a corner. Oh yeah, you know, and he's got stuff flying off the back there. So, uh, you, you know, you 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 could start off, and he's coming right at you. Yeah. So you know, there's, oh, the, there's all that. There's yeah. that punch. That yeah. punch. So you go okay. You, you question, why is he on a motorcycle? Where is he going? Mm-hmm. And why mm-hmm. is he going so fast? So right. you, you got you got some questions going on. So, yes. But then there's there's another way to go about it. And that's this is the one where I had to do a lot of reference work. And that's the first page of Boston Bombers. Oh, and what this I is, see. You can, I don't know if you can see it. And I'll get it real close so you can see the first panel. Then the second panel. Looks like Boston. Yes. Then the yes. third Boston Bombers is what it's called. It's a it's a right. pulpish, uh, pulpish book. I, I've talked about it here before. Yeah, I like the one. fact you. Yeah. I like the fact that you went widescreen yeah. with mm. those panels. That's nice. Yeah, like that. yeah, because because cool. that's essentially we're just kind of, uh, and then it jumps to page two, which I'm still working on, and uh-huh. I showed you the layouts for, for this a while back, and I read the description to you of what's going on. But here's, there's panel, the panel one and two. Uh So we've got Roman guys marching towards the camera, more or less. Right. And a lion running off the lion we saw in the previous panel. And then we pull back to the large panel. Oh, cool. And there's a huge army of Roman soldiers. So, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you know that that was. How do you handle that? You've got all those Romans. You got to you got to draw. Copy paste. So I did a I did a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I found, what I, I got lucky. I, I found a photograph that was from a one of a movie of some sort. I don't know which one it was, but I found a a movie shot that was perfect. So I threw it, I blew it up on, on a sheet this big, threw it on my light box and just started, you know, laying all these guys in. Now, of course, Brilliant. I got to come back. That, that sets them in the right place and the, the, the perspective and everything's perfect. So all I've got to do is go in and, and do the little details. But sure. I also do the research and print it out so I've got it right next to me of what each of the Roman guys are supposed to look like. Ah, so, nice reference. So, you know... So I've got it. I've got it right here to the left of me. I'm going. Okay, what's this detail? So I can, you know, because mm-hmm. I want to get this right because it's supposed to be. These are supposed to be Romans, and it should feel right. And yeah. the only way it's going to feel right is if you if you do the research and figure it out. Of course. So, but that's yeah. Yeah. but that's how that's how first that's how the two types of first pages that I normally end up with are done. There is a third type that you don't see much of anymore. And that's essentially, I know Kirby did this a lot early in the, in the Marvel era, is that the, the splash page, the first page, was essentially just another cover. Uh-huh. But, uh, but that was also at the age when in most books you had maybe two or three stories of eight pages each. So you, had, you essentially had something opening for each one of those, uh, in addition to the main cover, that was to get the kids to get it off the get it off the stand and look at it, and then page through and see what it, see what was going on. And so there was another there was essentially another cover inside. 
but that, no. you don't see that much anymore. But that's another right. way to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Excellent, excellent information. Um, let's let's uh, let me let me pick your brain one last time here. Favorite first page. We're gonna we're gonna give everybody a chance to weigh in. So be thinking. But it, does anything come to oh. mind from from like one of your favorite first pages? Either either that you've created or that another uh, artist you admire created that really just inspired you. Uh, that that grabbed you. Wow! You know? wow. Uh, trying to think of one right off right off the top. There were so many, uh, but and so none of them bubbles to the top. Okay. Uh, I can right. think well, of I can think of a couple of Thors where uh, I I can think of one that uh, that is, was essentially a cover, where Thor is battling uh, two of his his uh, arch enemies. It's uh, Doctor Jekyll, or not that Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and the Cobra, and oh, okay. uh, Thor okay. is kind of standing uh, back like this with his hammer, and these two guys are coming at him, and he's uh, why he would be threatened since he's got this big hammer and these two uh, mortals coming at him. But anyway, you get the, you got that feeling. It was just another cup, but uh, that's the one that comes immediately to mind. I don't know why. Uh, it, but it, but that sort of thing, and that's what that's mm -hmm. why I thought of the the whole second cover thing is one of those came to my mind. As a I think page. that works well. I think that's one reason you may have remembered it because that is a great yeah. idea. Uh, that that second cover idea as the first page, and I hope people uh, listening and watching who are aspiring creators themselves, most of them are, take that to heart and say, don't be afraid to to make that splash. Uh, on on your yeah, first page and, and make it a very cover. often. Yeah, since it's mm -hmm. not used very often anymore, it could be a real uh, a change of pace for mm -hmm. for today's comics. So you know something to yeah. think about. But yeah, yeah but most. But uh, I'm trying to think another one. Yeah, there's another one that comes up from the Avengers. That that's the beginning of the story. It's not another splash page. But it's uh, mm -hmm. it, it's essentially setting the stage for what's going to happen further into the issue. Uh, I think Iron Man is being uh, uh, he, he he's done something to uh, dis dishonor the Avengers, and they're about to to slap him down. If I, I mm -hmm. don't remember which issue this is, but it's another Kirby, and it's it kind of just sets the whole scene. Everyone's everyone's kind of uh, Iron Man's in the foreground, you know, kind of kind of slumped. And the rest of them are coming at him uh, mm -hmm. in, in the background. So it sets the scene. Everyone's everyone's seen in that scene, and you kind of go, "Okay, what's going on here? Why are they down on him?" And then you turn the page and you see what's going on. So that yeah, that, that's uh, that's another one of a grabber of some sort of a visual yeah. image of some sort. But if you some go for a full page splash like that, it has to tell a story. It has yeah, to, or storytelling at least raise splash. a question. Yeah, absolutely. It has, to, it has to either tell a story or raise a question in how it looks. So, I, my, yeah, my two cents. I, I agree. I, I, uh, I, no, I think I spent forty-five cents, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I probably I probably talked more now than I have in months. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, those are those are where I come from. We 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 older fellas tend to ramble, so that's that's what I do too. So that's why. Well, uh, well, we're going to move on now to. Uh, we got to let them out. <laughs> That's right. We move on to uh, another wizard of wordplay here, um, Rory. Um, you're fairly new to the industry, but that gives us a fresh 
approach? Like when yeah. you sit down to write that first page, what goes through your mind to solve the puzzle of how to make it compelling to a, to a new reader? Uh, well, equal parts, artist and author, establishing what's going on in as few words as possible. I think Scott and I must be bored because we're of one mind. And that if you can, if you can, one brilliant a, mind. One brilliant yeah, mind. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it takes both of you to make one. Huh? Share <laughs> between. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if, if, oh, as a writer, sorry. if you can, no, that was good. You can write it so well that the artist can draw what you're thinking. Just like, come on, read my mind. Uh, that you can display it. What's what's the word? We've talked about it before. Like, can you tell a story without words? Blocking, mm -hmm. embracing, like how actors yes. like, get to position them properly, facial expressions, you know, what's in their hands, what they carry, what are they looking at? Just, I think that carries more weight than, um, here, let me explain what's going on. Right, Rory, Rory, right. Don't, don't rely on the exposition, but rely on uh, blocking character posing. Not blocking, embracing, Rory. Not blocking, blocking, blocking embracing is what you do to oh, a that's bulk, containers. A bulk, a bulk that's head. right. Well, when your ship is sinking, Black, or... right? Just wow, I'm, I'm institutionalized. I'm sorry. So, are there any, like, in your mind, anything that springs to mind that where you opened a comic book, let's say, and you saw that first page and you went, wow, someday I want to write a page like that? Um, anything pops in your head from the past? The very first comic that I have, my sister was over in Germany and she bought a Spider-Man comic and brought it back. And it was like, theirs were like larger than ours were. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just remember the, 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 wow the wow factor of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget who the villain was on it, but it, were like a, it was like a, a purple and green colored villain. It wasn't the Goblin, unless it was some mm. German version of the Goblin. The version of the Goblin. <laughs> Der Goblin. Could have been the Goblin. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool so you you're also of the mind that that a, a grabbing splash so to speak would yes. be be preferable um to the slow build up some people go that cinematic route where they'll literally use page one and two to do what i call a slow build and where you're going huh what's this and then you get to the page three and page one page two and you get page three and you get your big grabbing uh, splash right with um, ours we, we did that as well the um let's see one two three fourth page in with that first splash mm -hmm. looking at the harbor which this could could be page one as well yes very much so yeah let's see that something is happening there's forward motion there's a destination you know something is happening right. i also like how uh brent opened Palis. Chaos falling from from the uh, atmosphere. Yeah, I like. I like but that. actually, he he employed the one two three punch approach. If you yep. go back, yeah, yep. So he did. Yep, yep, yep. And, yep. yep. and then boom, right, right. So it's fair to say, as long as it's done well, either approach works. Either you know, set the scene with something relatively unrelated, and then lead them to the punchline. Or an opening splash. I tend to be an opening opening splash guy, but I'm not opposed to the second punch. You know, as we go as we go into to page three. Which, speaking of second punches, it leads me to uh, the uh, word bomber here. John, talk you to know, us, man. I, how, how do you 
Talking How do you approach stuff, page one? I'm uh, I'm going, okay, I, I could go two routes with this. It's like, okay, so you left me for last. So, like, mm-hmm. pretty much everything I was going to – I had prepared to talk about, <laughs> you all talked about already. <laughs> but that also that. means that I've employed all of these great things that you all have talked about, which makes me the word bomber. Bam. Right. All right. Boom. So, um, so since I'm a writer and I've written multiple books and multiple issues – um, and the way I work with my artists is I don't necessarily do Marvel style where, you know, you give them a plot and say, go draw 24 pages of this or 22 roll in. Sorry. He hates when I do 24 or 36 or 39 because that's not number uh, 22 pages. Uh, I don't just give like a plot and say, go to it. I actually give page by page panel by panel descriptions of what I want. So if it's a full page splash page, it's cause it's mm-hmm. what I want. If it's yep. a multi-panel page, it's because I, it's what I want. If it's a partial splash, you know, I, and I have all these things visually, and and Dean just left us because that's what I want. No, wait, where'd you go? <laughs> back. He's, he's had enough of you, John. Uh, Scott, <laughs> please come back. <laughs> we're going to wait for We're going to wait keep, for Dean because I, I need Dean's permission. Oh, yep. I'll there he is. Finger. Dean, you, you blacked out there for a little while. You okay? <laughs> you all right? It... Nice fan. Uh-oh. We're getting insight into Dean's world. We're going to hear a slide rack give us, and then give us a gunshots and then <laughs> Russians yelling. <laughs> if you're not okay, oh, Dean. This, this, is, this is good. This, this is, is good, intense. Good show. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Dean, are you still like there? Can you guys hear me? Yes. We can hear you now, sir. Yeah, we can hear you now. Try again. We can hear you. All right. John, I would say continue talking so we don't have this um, awkward. Yeah. We're all looking at each other. I kind of like it. <laughs> but, but I got cool stuff about Dean to hear. He'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, hey, here we go. All right. So we're waiting for you. So, <laughs> Thank you. Not a problem. So, you know, I've employed a bunch of these different techniques that you've talked about along the way. Though, um, When we were talking in our Wham chat over the week and said this is a topic, I'm like, I've got two things in mind. One of mine and one of those that were out there that grabbed me. And mm-hmm. that's the one that came to mind first. I was like, oh, Dean better let me go first so nobody steals it. Maybe the last, nobody stole it. So that's awesome. But then, awesome. as I was thinking about the one that I had of mine that I think is just like probably my favorite splash page, I'm like, I wonder if subconsciously that one that I love from way back in the day influenced me. Because it definitely was not an homage. It was not intentional. Um, but it was, it, it's similar. So what, uh, and then, Going through, I have a couple other techniques I've used on a couple other issues, including the to flip. They always say that you should leave your issue on a cliffhanger to make people want to come back. Okay. They also say every odd number page, bottom panel, should end mm-hmm. on a cliff na- cliffhanger of some sort to make people want to flip the page. Mm-hmm. All right? mm-hmm. And surprises will be on the even side, the even number page. And then cliffhanger on um, the odd, num- yeah, the odd number page, right? So, can Reto I? I, I don't want to just talk. I want to show. Do you guys mind if I share my screen? 
Share away, my friend. Right. So I am going to try this, and let's see how it goes. And I think I got rid of anything bad. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to jump first to – can you see this one? No. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. It says it's sharing a window. No? Yeah, there we go. Okay. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Splash page. First page yep. of the X-Men book. You get Kitty Pride in a winter jacket saying Professor Xavier is a jerk. Agreed. Right? Yeah. That's you yeah. You'd expect Sentinels and, you know, sure. Wolverine sure. and maybe like, you know, mm-hmm. a fight scene. But Professor mm-hmm. Xavier is a jerk. That, that sounds like a teenage girl to me. Yes. You know it made me want to turn the page and go, why is he a jerk? What did yeah. he do? You know? Why does she think right. he's a jerk? Yeah. So Why that, does she think he's a jerk? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So to me, that was really something that made me go, I want to know more. I want to yeah. turn that page. So when I was, I that made me think of that, you know, issue nine of Sniper and Rook. Um, and I'm going to just be pulling from personal examples here. Okay. Tell me if you guys can see this. And it's a full page splash page. Let me know when it comes up. Yep. See it okay. now. So, you know, we got Sniper. Um, and, of course, he's just, you know, a standard guy. So it's kind of hard to get the establishing shot without a mask. You know, like Spider-Man, Batman, very ident- uh, identifiable. Hopefully, if you're reading Sniper and Rook, you know it's going to be Sniper or Rook, right? It's going to be Sniper or Rook. Who else could it be? <laughs> Who right? else could it be? Rook. But, you know, um, when we get this color, this will be the orange and the yellow. You know, wait, wait, wait. You're sending me where? Yeah. Guess what? I want to turn that page. I want to know where he's going. Um, if I didn't put the word balloon here, you see that was actually like one of the Manila folders. So it's got like the little thing up here. Um, oh, yeah. So that one is kind of the whole idea. Um, Rob was talking about, you know, full page splash pages aren't used much anymore. I definitely use this one here. That one meant a lot to me to do that way. And when I was thinking back, you know, when we were talking about this, I was like, maybe the Kitty Pride actually kind of, you know, influenced mm-hmm. me on that one a little bit. So other things that I've done that I think are kind of cool are the establishing shots. Mm-hmm. So this is the first page of Sniper and Rook number two, which is available in the Sniper and Rook collection, now available to you from Silverline Comics. <laughs> um, so Sniper and Rook one uh, ends definitely on a cliffhanger. And the next thing you know, page two, you see them walking arm in arm, which is kind of weird. And they're talking and establishing shot. This doesn't necessarily look like standard Russian architecture. You know, like, okay, is that Big Ben? Don't look like Big Ben. But it actually is Russian architecture. And we even made kind of like poking fun about that. Where Jack, he's like my dumb side. You know, he's like, I thought everything had spires and towers and stuff. And she's like, standard TV, try reading. He's like, hey, I do that, like, every week, like, usually on Wednesdays, unless there's a holiday, uh, <laughs> schedule, right? And then, boom, out here, we got a Russian agent, you know? Um, so establishing where we are yeah. is kind of a, a good use without saying, here we are in this town, and we kind of get to t- have a little bit more characterization here, establishing them more as people, mm-hmm. as well as the location. And so now we know that this issue starts off in the Soviet Union. Right. Cool? Right. Very cool. 
So I got just a couple more because I don't want to take the whole show. Yes, I do. Uh, Yo, sure you do. Come on. Don't it. be go shy. Okay, let's go with <laughs> this. I told you every uh, every issue should end on a cliffhanger, right? Right. Take a look at this one. Okay. This is the oh. last page of Sniper and Rook number two. Okay. Typical Sniper airport scene. Rook in an airplane and in an airport with Interpol agents yeah. with weapons drawn surrounding them. You're yeah, going to want to find out what's to be continued, right? Oh, yeah. There's no question oh, yeah. about that. And I'm going to see if I can just switch windows with cloud closing out. Let's see if that works. Um, let me know if it does. Do you guys see a different page now? Nope. 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 Okay. All right. So I'm going to stop sharing that one, and then I'll go and share the other one. The page immediately preceding that set up why these agents were surround or what was going on. And if you take a look, can you see the page? Yes. There's a whole lot of little panels here. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. And so if we're going to the with, okay, Heathrow Airport, now we know what airport we're in, your flight leaves, he's going to the vending machine, she's going to sit here and look pretty. There she is sitting and looking pretty. Damn, Euro money worse than a Susan B. Uh, late breaking news from Soviet Union. Soviet Premier's been assassinated. Oh, who does that look? It, looks like, it looks like that young lady. And she's like mm-hmm. jacket over here now. Assassins are believed to have fled the Soviet Union and route to the U.S. She's like, this is very not good. The guns are drawn, and that brought us to the cliffhanger page. Nice. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, that works. And a lot of little panels. So yeah. what I did... That was the end of issue two. And the first time I ever did this trick for issue three, what I actually did was go back and like, um, I hate how Marvel has those pages now. Previously on Spider-Man, it's like, don't mm-hmm. tell me, show me. I want mm-hmm. to see. I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here, the next thing you're going to see, this is going to be the first page of Sniper and Irk number three. And you see it's kind of, uh, fewer panels. Okay. But as yeah. we're doing the with, she's like, I wonder what's taking Jax along. He should be back from the vending machine by now. Issue two, he had said he was going there. So now we've rewound a minute or two to catch up. He's like, you know, damn, Nero money, worse than Susan B. We have the stuff about the uh, assassination. Here's something that wasn't I didn't have room for before. And, you know, her little exposition here, now saying that's a forgery. So now we're getting a little bit more context, okay, because mm-hmm. I had more room in the page. And it's mm-hmm. stuff I wanted to put in a third. So we get a little bit more info here. And then she's like, Jack, get over here now, which is where we were in issue two. He's like, but, but my Twinkies, uh, because he wants yeah. junk food. Sure. sure. Then takes it into the follow-up page where it turns into the new version. Uh, let's see. That's 59. I need 60. Page 60. Page 60. There we go. And so he's like, what's wrong? I can hear you across the airport and doing the newscast. And then they get surrounded from a different point of view. So, you know, rewind it a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Add to it. So mm-hmm. anybody who already read issue one and issue two, they're getting a little bit more of the background as to what's going on. 
Okay, so what what it feels like what you're saying in that in that uh, take is it's almost like um, footage that was originally cut from the scene, and then you're showing it again, like something in comics that we can do um, where you can do the same scene from slightly different points of view, and it gives the reader an enriched version of the story. Because, you know, a lazy artist like me would just go, hey, man, just print some panels from that previous thing. (laughs) Just show them what happened before. But, again, this is more uh, enriching to the world because you're seeing it from a slightly new angle. You're maybe adding some dialogue, adding a shot or two that wasn't in the original sequence. So it's really cool. You don't have to pay to, like, fly anybody in to do reshoots. It's a comic book. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, let me, I got two more and then I okay. will check that out. Um, because I do want to give like, <laughs> this one is from issue eight. Okay. And let me know when you can see it. Yeah. This is got available it. in the Sniper Nerd, uh, collection number two, available from Silverline Comics now. Uh, so mm-hmm. do you have, okay, establishing shot. Okay. Where are yeah. we? Embassy, Tokyo, Japan. We know the time, right? What's this dude look like? A ninja. What's he doing? He's mm-hmm. ninja-ing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a verb now. Uh-huh. Okay. Actively ninja-ing. <laughs> Although there's one word that's every part of speech, but Roland won't let me use it on camera. Uh, okay, um, so the ninja's breaking in. The only words I'm using here are about his security systems, engaged, disengaged, where we are, the time. Everything mm-hmm. else is silent because ninjas should be silent. Mm-hmm. For maybe mm-hmm. a little click, and we see two minutes later, boom, he's in, and just again, okay. establishing as the embassy. So this one was my attempt to go ahead and do a page that compels you to read more because you're really not reading anything. It's like, yeah. okay, where's this leading? Um, if any influence on that, the amazing, fantastic, wonderful GI Joe issue twenty one, the silent issue, uh, oh, yeah. Storm Shadow. Um, yep. I've never done a silent issue. I probably never will because I don't draw. Uh, Larry Hama did his own layouts for that, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm not good enough to do. And I do want to share this one because, Dean, oh, man, you you tripped over something. I'm like, please don't go too far on that one. Um, but because I know I begged and pleaded and thanked and thanked, and I will thank again tonight <laughs> everybody who helped us on the Kickstarter uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Rejects. This is a sneak peek, first page of Sniper and Rook Area 50. Whoa! Number one. All right. Wow. So like it. This yeah. is um, artwork cool. uh, by Gene Kelly, colors by our own Jeremy Kahn, uh, words writing me. So we have an establishing st- shot Adler Planetarium, Chicago, Illinois, and the exhibit we're looking for is right around the corner. Ooh, we're dealing with Sniper and Rook spies, right? Mm-hmm. I like okay. it. Now I've yeah. seen I've seen people go off, um, not script off. Um, what's it called, Dean? Like when you draw characters and uh, it's like off script, not off script. Model. It's like, uh, off model. Off model. Thank you. Okay. Off model. Does this okay. look anywhere near Sniper and Rook to you? No. No. So we got no. a Sniper and Rook book. We're like, wait, who's this dude in a janitorial looking <laughs> Yeah. And, and right. who's this pretty girl like in a skirt? And yeah. wait, who's Todd? Who's yeah. Todd? I mean, what the heck? So when you had said sometimes you'll have a page one and a two that are kind of like a fake out. 
Yes. That is yes. our Area 50 wall. So Todd and his lovely date, uh, girl he's had a crush on since third grade. Oh, my God. First date with her. He's thrilled. The first two pages are dedicated to their date. And because they're zooming in on a picture of Saturn looking through the telescope at the planetarium, that brings us to page three where Sniper and Rook appear, where their general is cluing them in on something extraterrestrial that is currently coming to us passing Saturn. So it was kind of that page one, two fake out that you would talk about. And two oh, yeah. That have never you pulled, been in the series. You pulled a law and order. What they are, but it's. Set, it's <laughs> he pulled a law and order. But it sets the stage yeah. for what yeah. else is going on. So, oh, yeah. uh, so those were some of that I've done that I wanted to share. And I thought it was kind of nice to, you know, after everybody said pretty much all of these, to be able to yes. show how some of these things have been used in different ways in different silver line books. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's good to share it uh, directly like that, and really we can talk about it as we're looking at it. And I like all the multiple approaches you had there. You can't uh, just do one thing over and over again, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you have yeah. four issues in the series. You start with the splash page every time. It's like oh, another splash page. Yeah. Another splash yeah. page. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, and it helps too that yeah, you you've written a lot of different things, and and you've read so many comics, so you're immersed in the genre. So you're aware of a lot of the rules and how to break them. Yes. You know? Yep. That Absolutely. helps too. And of course we all know Professor Xavier's a jerk. So. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> There's always, <laughs> mm. There's always Oh yeah. We know that's true. So I, I um love that comic. <laughs> do you really? I think it's in my collection, yeah. That's a, that's that. a good open that page ever since I first saw it. Is it actually you, called Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you know how that looked like? That looked like burn. It, John it wasn't Burn. Burn. It was, no, uh, I was Paul thinking Smith. it was um, Paul, Paul uh, Smith. Davis, maybe? Paul Smith, okay. Uh, Paul Smith, Paul okay. Smith, thank you, yeah. Okay, all now, right, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Was Claremont writing it? Uh-huh. I think yeah. he still was at this point, yeah. I'm pretty okay. sure, I'm 99% sure. Okay. So Very you know nice. what I mean by the Law and Order opening, don't you? No, help help us out. Through 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 okay, dun, dun. If, if, you, if you watch <laughs> most episodes of Law and Order, especially the original one, what you start out with is regular people walking down the street or going somewhere, going into their apartment or whatever, and they're talking about something completely uh, unrelated to what's going to happen in the episode. They're, it's it, their people are griping at each other or something else is going on. They're in a park, but anyway, they stumble across the dead body, and they go, "Oh my God!" And then they cut to the to the opening, and then you come back, and the detectives are there examining the body. So that's what I mean by a law and order open up catch is that you've taken something uh, completely, somebody else's life has walked into the middle of this murder and you're, you see a slice of that life before the story starts. That's what I mean by a law and order opening. Oh, that's, that's good. Exa- yeah, that's exactly it. I, I like that. Looking at a planet like and then Sniper Nurk are looking at the same planet from it's, a higher depth. Yeah, perfect. The yeah. Great opening. And, and what about, what about uh, Rob? That approach where you know you're doing a follow-up issue, and instead of just letting the writer carry the weight by saying "previously in," you yeah. actually have to redraw the last few pages of the previous comic. Have you ever been asked to do that? I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. 
Okay. Um, okay. Hey so, Rob, you want to bo- do a book together? I got a. I got a. <laughs> I'm I'm booked Woo-hoo! for a while, man. <laughs> I'm trying to read all I got I got an ink all these Romans, man. I got to. Oh my gosh, they're Romans. amazing. I got Romans, man. I got a Romans to ink. I got Romans to ink. So, but but no, I don't think I. And if I, yeah, I actually have. We've done that. We've done recaps, but it's usually. Uh, it's usually done in the dialogue. I mean, I have people mm-hmm. doing things, but they're talking about what's happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't had to redraw something, but it, if I did, I would probably cheat and do maybe draw. If there's any new elements, draw the new elements. But I might uh, might try to reuse the panels from previously. I might throw them on the light board and, and do them do a new version of it. But it would right. essentially the same thing i might blow it up or shrink it down but mm-hmm. uh, i would i wouldn't necessarily try to redraw the whole thing unless there was a new element that had to be that that you were trying to throw into the story that right. that'd be the only time i completely redraw it i'm, I'm lazy i'm a, i'm an old-fashioned illustrator <laughs> I'm, I'm Hollywood. if you can if you can uh, if you can swipe it you swipe uh-huh. it you know, uh-huh. if, if, yeah. you, if you if you don't don't re, don't reinvent the wheel, if uh, you don't have you know, to use yeah. the most uh, convenient way um, and, and the most efficient way to solve the problem. Right. Um, you got to move on. You got to move on to the next page. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, back in the day when you had to meet a deadline, you definitely did it that way. You. you oh, absolutely. You, you were trying to crank the pages out <laughs> while still maintaining the level of. Uh, uh-oh. Sorry, Rob, not laughing at you. Sorry, Rob. No, no, I know what you're laughing at. You're Xavier, laughing at the... right? I heard this and simply took a trip out of his best feature ever mug. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thanks, I for... see. I think that's right. Isn't that I great? That's right. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to, you that's know, coming. humor. That brings me to this, too. Adding humor to the scene uh, also brings you in or... In, in my case, I was going to bring up uh, page one of the uh, Silverline Christmas special piece I did uh, introducing the characters of Silverblade. Um, John, you've been like, kind enough to offer to share. Like now, sir? Please, yes. Uh, that page one uh, was challenging because I had to be able to make room for the banner at the top. Uh, if we, yeah. can zoom, we can zoom I, in. I when you want me to zoom. Uh, go to the top area. So, you know, we had we had to have room at the top. And then as we scroll down, again, I'm setting the scene, but I, I wanted you to know time, place, right? And some of it is is in the in the dial in the uh I guess you'd call it narrative, the narration, and also uh in the conversation. But again, snowy night, Christmas Eve, and as we scroll down a bit more, um you can see I wanted the splash panel to give us the situation there. It's Christmas Eve. Obviously, this poor woman uh, in, a, in a modest home, and she's got a sick child there. But you, you see all the visual cues that I had in the piece with, you know, a little Christmas tree in the background. And she's holding a teddy bear, which is Bea, by the way, from the Silverline mm. continuity. I thought I'd throw that in there. And then... Uh, of course, ending on sort of a cliffhanger where uh, our main character, Elizabeth Dane, leans down to the sick child to uh, test to see, you know, how bad her fever is. And so hopefully the drama of that brings you in a little bit. 
And so instead of using humor in that case, using drama and atmosphere to bring it in. And again, that was a really challenging puzzle to solve because we only had six pages in the Christmas special to get everything out there that we could to give people almost uh, just a brief preview of what our series was about. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate that. I appreciate problem. you bringing that yeah. up for me. Um, but that that was a challenge we, we had there. And that, that tells you just, just you've got so many things you want to cover with that first page. But if your page count is even limited, you've even got to put more into that first page um, than usual because you don't have you don't have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, so that brings us to um, uh, the, before I move on to our pop culture discussion, which I know is going to is going to take up the rest of the show. Did anybody else want to share a memorable, never going to forget this page one uh, from from a comic book. Anybody have a, either a reference? You don't have to have the visual with you, uh, but just in your head. Um, if not, we can maybe come back to that at the at the end of the show. So, uh, since no one's jumping in, I'm going to move on, and we're going to go to the pop culture segment, which is going to be one of my favorites uh, in recent memory. <clears throat> We're going to get a pop-up um, for that. Pop-up video. Yes, we do. Did you just say pop-up um, video? Oh, my God, I love you. Yeah. Pop-up <laughs> um, pop video. <laughs> pop-up. Um, we're going to talk about deep fake actors. And for those uh, five people who don't know what that is, um, <laughs> a deep fake actor is uh, an actor who has aged out of the role uh, but who has been added back into the road role with a body double who is younger and can do the action or the movement from a young person's approach. And then a CG expert adds a de-aged face of said actor onto the younger double and it comes off beautifully. Now, this was done earlier on in Ant-Man with Michael Douglas. Um, right. He looked like and, he just stepped right out of falling down, which is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, That's going to be me yep. one of these days. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> and similar. actually, it already is you, right, John? I mean, uh, we can I, I'm about a week and a half away of that. There <laughs> you go. You're about I'm to break. Sure all the books are out for you guys. To <laughs> sure, sure. We'll just follow you live, and it'll just be, you I know, know we'll break all records. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fantastic. Um, but so that was one of the first ones that came to my mind, although um, – I guess it was also in Tron Legacy with Jeff Bridges. They that tried it. And this, so bad. Oh, it was it primitive. Was so bad. It was creepy. Yeah, it was primitive back then. Yeah, yeah. So not not as good. But as we've advanced in technology, the deep fake actor effect oh, has gotten more convincing. Uh, the most convincing that I've seen is uh, in Book of Boba Fett, uh, episode six, uh, where we see. Um, 35 year old or so Luke Skywalker training Grogu, uh, also known as Baby Yoda, and the effect was almost perfect. And I say, I, I in my estimation, they're about 90 to 95 percent there because you could still see a little bit of the digital oddities mm -hmm. there, but they could be explained away because the character is a, a warrior monk at this stage, he's reached this stage of inner peace and calm and doesn't really have to emote as much with facial expressions, so on and so forth. So to me, that's, that's state of the art so far. Um, but what I wanted to bring up for, for open discussion here 
is quite frankly, I've seen the previews to the new Batman and I'm not impressed. Um, and I, I'm a Batman fan from way back and guys, you know, I'm sorry, Robert uh, Pattinson. I'm just, I'm not there with you on Bruce Wayne. You just, you, you just look like you belong in an Edward Scissorhands movie. Sorry. Uh, so that being said, I was going to throw it out there. Uh, for all you folks that like Michael Keaton, he's going to be appearing in the new Flash movie that comes out in the fall as an aging Batman. First of all, if you guys knew that they were going to take Keaton, de-age him, and do a Batman movie with Keaton as Batman, would you be up for that or would you not be up for that? I'm, I'm going to start. Mm. I'm going to start with uh, our superior skeptic because I know he's going to have a fantastic. <laughs> I could take you don't care. I I honestly I I don't the first Batman movie was okay. Yeah. I I liked Michael Keaton. Um sure. He didn't move a lot because he couldn't in that suit. Right. Um it it was there was a lot of this. A lot of this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I like Michael Keaton more in like uh like gung ho, Mr. Mom. I grew Uh up more comedic. So I think the leap I I personally don't see. I mean, bringing back old actors to play these roles, I think, is just a cash grab. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. it really serves anything. It's the story. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's You're bring back through. a bunch of older guys and put them in the suit again. I actually, in a way, feel sorry for Michael Keaton if he has to put that suit on at his age. <laughs> I do. I because I know he hated it. All, all the Batman people hate wearing oh, that yeah. suit. Valkyrie yeah. has come out and said how much he just absolutely hated it and detested it. Sure. So the fact sure. that they have, to, I mean, that's when I thought when Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man died, I'm like, he's out of his contract. Now I guess mm-hmm. he'll make up the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think of mm-hmm. them. I personally don't care if I see Michael Keaton in his Batman in a movie again. I go just go mm-hmm. watch the old one. I don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Know, I, yeah, it doesn't do. Anything. All right. What about uh, what about you, Scott? Talk to me, man. I feel would the you, same would way. You see I- a, would you see a Keaton Batman movie, or you're like, move on, forget get, it? Get, get, yeah, let's let's move on with our lives here and not okay. Okay. not d- dredge up an old character. And also, I feel like it's 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 making a movie, but with extra steps. Like just 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 yeah. get get another actor and make a good movie. Just ah, make I just see. make a good movie <laughs> without having Tell to rely the story. on. Yeah, well, people loved him back in the 90s. They're gonna love him now, <laughs> right? Just, right, just, right, just right. make a movie and make I, a good movie. Yeah, and I, I and I feel like for, for me at least, it's too many things that make you suspend uh disbelief even more. Even more, you're like, okay, wait, is that Michael Keaton? Is that somebody else being Michael Keaton's body with Michael Keaton's face? How much mm-hmm. is, he, is he just? And then, and then I start to think about it. So did Michael Keaton just stay in the studio and make faces and stuff? And then they mm-hmm. deep fake youngified him and put him on a. <laughs> just, it's yeah, just, image yeah. Is funny. Make a good it's movie and, and, yeah. and uh, tell a good story. Yeah. And what? I, and, hey, what did uh, did? Let me ask you this: Did did the uh, Luke Skywalker thing bother you, or because it served the story? Oh. You know, was that cool? That was cool for you. I only saw it. I didn't see the Boba Fett one. I've only seen him in the in the Mandalorian scene. Okay, still, it's not quite right. It's it's, what's that? Oh, oh, you mean the 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 clip? uh, The the, 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 the,
it's cool. It's still not quite there. It's uh-huh. it still has yeah, that. Agree. That yeah, it's like it's almost. And so like you know, Carrie Fisher and um, the, you know the whole Oliver in the, in the in the Star Wars, and then well, and then you got you know Henry Cavill's mouth in, in uh, Batman, <laughs> Super, Superman, or that whatever one. Justice League. Tron Legacy. Quality. It, it was that uh, was Tron Legacy. Yeah, it was Tron Legacy. Yeah, and they had they still their their faces still. It's the Polar Express dead <laughs> special effect Ooh. face that that is wow, that's, and I yeah. know how I feel about it. <laughs> and then when so and the whole world, Sky like, Captain, but, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Sky in Captain, the, yeah, the, yeah. In the God, CG world, you can spot it. You're like, okay, those are real animals; those are CG animals. Mm. That's that's a real mm-hmm. Legolas. That's Legolas mm. computer animated Legolas. Yes, because they're yes. never quite quite right, and they, they they'll get there. And it's fine. Yeah, they'll but, get there. Yes. But, yeah. Like a lot of times, it's like it's just just ooh, that far oh, off. Oh yeah, it's just that far off. Um, uh, Rob, what what about you, Rob? Um, what I would like to see is Bogart brought back. Okay. For a new <laughs> okay. story. Think I about could it. See it. that? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Black yeah. Bring back too. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Bring back. I could see somebody yeah. doing something with that, or, or you know, <laughs> just Bert Lancaster. Uh, I, I would be interested in seeing them and, and brought back CGI and do them okay. in black and white, even. Oh, that well, would help so with okay. the that help with the special it, effects. Add it, a grainy nineteen thirties yeah. film but effects, I, and yeah. I could, you know, I could see him doing something like that for fun. Uh, for fun, makes, that right? Makes, right. That makes as much sense as uh, Sky Captain and. Yeah. Uh, Whatever that but, was, but, but the, um, the, the thing I was the thing I'm saying about that feeling of like something's not quite right, or there's a there's, there's a too many steps. No, it's like you no, sometimes no. you know when with that when that actor's there, there's heart. Like like right, you feel mm-hmm. it. Like you yeah. feel like Humphrey Bogart. There's good actors. They've got that screen presence, and you know that they're oh, a sure. real person. And you can yes. you can put those things together that that actor and it, whether he's in a suit or he's you know playing somebody. There's heart there, so it'd be cool, Rob. But I feel like, yeah, you know, but is, is it really him? It's his soul is well. There. That's part, of, but that's part of it. At that point, I think by the time that that's workable, most people won't will have only seen you know won't know that much about Bogart True. because mm-hmm. you know. And I mm-hmm. I think they could, it'll be easier for them to get away with it. But I think mm. that the the types of characters that only he could play and play effectively could be interestingly brought back. Maybe not as the lead, but as a, you know, like a, a background character or a secondary character. Sure. I, I'm not uh-huh. talking about making them the lead, but uh, making them some some kind of background character to, uh, okay. to add some depth to the story. Uh, Interesting. They're not, at, they're not at that point yet. They're not at no. the point where they can pull that off yet. No, um, no. So I, I, I think I there is that, that dead eyes thing they still haven't mastered how to do the the uh the Life. people looking yeah yeah. They're, they're, yeah there's no soul like, right you, yeah. you don't mm-hmm. get a soul mm-hmm. that's what that's mm-hmm. what bothered me the most about the, the sky captain movie was you know if they'd had a really really good story yeah but it was all but it was all pulled all memes it was mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know yeah. just pulled mm-hmm. this from here and you know yeah. giant robots yeah ray gun and street yeah. i'm going yeah. Whoopee, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. uh, tell it in a new way or, you know, but, yep. but yeah, do something a little more exciting than that. 
But yeah, I saw I'll, that as a uh, demo reel, Rob. That that yeah. was a three D demo reel. You know, they yeah. were trying they were trying to pass it off as a movie, as a full no, film, and I'm going, nah. This is this is demonstration of of uh, technique. That's yeah, all it yeah. Was. It, it was a portfolio for a half a dozen, uh, you know, three D yeah. artists trying to get it's, work it, with it, Lucasfilm. It, you know, <laughs> it's pretty much. Um, or make let's or move, make an end game or whatever. Yeah, you know? right, right. Rory, what about you, my friend? Uh, the uh, the Luke Skywalker. I like. I thought that was that was pretty good. Like like we keep mm-hmm. saying, we're we're almost there. We're almost there. I wouldn't yeah, want to see uh, like a Michael Keaton movie, you know, right. modified and all that. And I think that, that that oddness that you experience when you you see this, it, there's a word for it. It's called the uh, the uncanny valley. Indeed. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That yeah. Before. It's that it's that oh. discomfort, that uneasiness <laughs> yeah. of wanting to believe that it's real, but your right. eyes are telling you no, it's just not that. And the clo- the closer it gets to being real, the more it's disturbing. So you right. go from cartoon to being okay, whatever. They're two dimensional mm-hmm. faces, and they're they, they mm-hmm. talk about over here mm-hmm. to being real, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not quite yeah. right. And it. And I think that'll I think that'll always always be there. I think so too. I think so too. It might, Brent, be. It might be. We welcome you to the uh, the group here. I guess you've you've picked up uh, what we're talking about here. AI deep fake actors. Do they work? Do they not work? Uh, when they do? When they don't? And then I threw out just a just a fun question to everybody. Um, I'm not particularly thrilled at the preview to the new Batman, and I thought you know. I bet people would rather see uh, a CG Michael Keaton uh, uh, crafted a la Luke Skywalker in the suit than, than, than Robert Pattinson. Nothing against Robert, but he just doesn't say Bruce Wayne to me. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, they said the exact same thing about Michael Keaton when, when the Batman. They did. True. They did. They, I mean, everyone, everyone went bananas when they heard Jack Nicholson was going to be the Joker. But mm-hmm. they were... I mean, they they didn't have the internet back then. So what did they do? Write letters to Warner Brothers? I don't know. Yeah, Thing yeah. Wrong All wrong for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, he pulled it I, off. He pulled it off. I you know? I from the beginning thought he would be able to pull it off. Did uh, you? Myself? Yeah, I thought he would. I, when they when they announced him, I said, "Well, that's interesting. I want to mm-hmm. see what he does." Mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, I didn't have this. Oh, he's a com- you know he's a comedic actor only. Bullshit. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, an actor's an actor. Mm-hmm. And since, mm-hmm. he's since proved that. He's played evil guys. He's played good guys. He's played Mr. Mom. And see, you actually, know? I'm mm-hmm. glad you said Mr. Mom. Because that's what actor. a lot of other people were saying. I, Mr. Mom can't be Batman. It wasn't just mm-hmm. a comedic actor. <laughs> Most of the comments were tied specifically to that role. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and our, our, that's arguably... Arguably, guys, I still think his performance of Bruce Wayne stands really apart from many of the other actors yeah. who've played Bruce Wayne. He did a fantastic job. I, did. I didn't I expect did. him to, but he did. Probably my number two yeah. on that. Okay. 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 That really begs the question is, is there a really good performance of Bruce Wayne that truly matters? I mean, he is basically white guy number seven sitting there doing this kind of, if it's Michael Keaton, he's doing this a lot. 
<laughs> or if he's Val Kilmer, he just stands there, haircut and everything. And then he jumps in the suit and everyone's like, ooh. But until then, he just stands around being rich. Like the most compelling Bruce. I want to stand around being rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had his problems. But I remember watching Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm. And mm. remember when Bruce Wayne's at his parents' crypt going, I need things to be different now. I'm like, holy cow, Bruce Wayne is interesting. It was the mm-hmm. first time I've ever seen a visual representation of Bruce Wayne as an interesting character. <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. And, and I was with you up until I, when I rewatched Keaton's Batman. There's a scene where he's talking to the reporter and he's in that huge armory where he's collected all this armor. And, you know, the reporter's bantering back and forth. They're almost doing a 1950s banter version of the dialogue, you know, and uh, the, the reporter's, Knox. yeah, Knox says, uh, you know, hey, can I have a grant? And he's not answered right away. And they go on with the dialogue. And, you know, Keaton's playing the character, absorbing everything going on around him. And he's got this almost distracted genius thing. And that's what I was watching. And then right as the scene ends, he get, he, he turns to um, the butler uh, and he says, get, get Knox a grant. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that put it all together for me, you know, and I yeah. was going, okay, this guy gets it. He's playing him not as white guy number seven. He's playing him as the brilliant just obsessed with gathering information, processing it, and then executing whatever he has to execute with it. And that was the first time I'd seen it done because the the previous actors, including in the 60s, you know, comedy series, they played him sort of very bland and sort of generic. And like, you didn't pay attention to him until he was in the suit. But I paid attention to Keaton's distracted genius. Uh, And that's what, that's what, impressed me with with him yeah. now john i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you word bomb all over this so all right, yeah, go I, for uh, it i got a few things here um so since you guys have gone to batman one of the things that was kind of nice and one of the reasons one of the couple of reasons i would like to see more deep fake stuff you know mm-hmm. if it's done well is if it is to continue our story um you know say that and i'm not saying they should do this but andrew garfield got screwed out of his third movie because the first two were written so poorly he had mm-hmm. been my favorite Spider-Man up to that point, uh, except for okay. Nicholas Hammond because Hammond in the seventies was the bomb. You know, I was really hoping he'd be in the new movie. Um, but you know, if they wanted to do something with, to show how he got dark after Gwen's death and then where he is now, I could see something like that. I would like that. So I see some good use for that, like maybe half the film and then bring it to present day. Um, talking about Batman. Batman, they had put out as part of the DC animated line of movies, like the Batman 66 animated, that was voiced, and they had two of them, uh, voiced by Burt Ward and um, Adam West. Adam West, thank you. It's been a long day. And Alan um, Napier. Know, so at least we got the voices to I think go he was dead by them. Oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't like him when he was alive. Uh, it's difficult otherwise. Uh, but, you know, so it was nice. And I, I wouldn't have mind seeing those in some sort of deep fake way to see that dynamic duo I grew up again or with one right. more time. That brings me to my next point. I'm writing them all down here on the back of a check. Very nice. Uh, you know, so that's very thorough. That brings I think up that a of 30. 
Okay, and everybody in here probably knows about the rule of 30 on some level. Shit matters again. Thanks, Rob, for okay in the word. It matters again in four right, years. Yeah. Okay, so no, Star Wars, 77. People grew up. People stopped collecting the toys. They got rid of their stuff. Mom sold at a garage sale, except for mine, because I never part with anything, and that's why I'm a hoarder. Okay, but in 30 years, when people are in jobs and they have money and they want to re- you know get that youth back that's when they have the money to spend disposable income and they go back and buy their childhood back again tell me that in 10 years when technology is good that there wouldn't be a whole generation of people men and women at that well men at that age that would not go nuts for a real power ranger mighty morphin reunion movie that looked like the original five Okay, oh, I mean, that's like an example. So, you know, okay, okay, a cash grab, like somebody said, but it also could be a way to go back to like the old days, which is kind of cool. Um, a couple more things when you, uh, I agree, Luke looked great in the book of Boba Fett, but mm-hmm. I want to see it on the big screen. I've got a 60 inch mm-hmm. TV that I saw it on, uh-huh. but I want to see it in a theater. Because uh-huh. I want to compare it to how we had Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One. Yeah. And so I have to go there. So mm-hmm. Leia in terms of after uh, Carrie Fisher passed away and she was not in episode nine. But at the end of Rogue One, when we saw a DH Carrie Fisher, supposed to be young Leia right before. Right. Episode, that didn't translate well. Right. The animation wasn't, the facial animation, CGI wasn't that good, but Tarkin was better. Although you could tell Grand Moff Tarkin was CGI at that point. That actually in the theater, and it took me out of it a little bit the first time Mm -hmm. I saw it, but the other 22 times I saw it in the theater, Mm -hmm. I was fine. (laughs) Well, let me... Let me ask you something. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin off what you what you'd set up there. I I actually think that the big screen would make the Book of Bubba Fett Luke look better, and I'll tell you why. Because on the screen, you're seeing reflected light. On your big screen TV, you're actually seeing high resolution images. You're not seeing a bounce back off a projector. So that more visual projector. You're absolutely yes. That more primitive visual would hide even more of the flaws and i think it would even look more impressive on see, the big that screen. Would, that's just that's what i would love to see. i want to see that comparison you know so i do yeah. like a few apples to apples and right and i remember leaving rogue one the first time i saw it having you know cursed lucas for what he did to the holy trilogy with the special editions sure and i thought to myself this movie i would love to see lucasfilm tweak the cgi every five years just to tighten it up with a new technology mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. better looking, you know, Peter Cushing, a better looking Leia. Because that sure. would take away. Peter Cushing's a handsome man. So I have mm-hmm. that. Then, um, okay. The one that you said closer that you get to reality, that brought me to my thing about the book of Boba Fett, about like bringing it closer with the big screen with Luke. Sure. Um, and sure. the last one I'll leave it on. Now I will give a downside because I am like, you know, a force user and I believe in balance. Okay. Sure, so sure. my religion here. Um, here's the downside. Okay. And why it should be stopped forever and never allowed <laughs> to be done again. Okay. Because deep fake, deep fake technology 
allows for new Nicolas Cage movies to be created forever. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> and we, wow. we yeah. want it. We want it so bad. Yes. 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 So, they can take his face. Humanity. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Cannot stand for. <laughs> take his face off. You know, it's, it works, <laughs> right? It's just it's yeah, too no easy. For it was so too easy. Yeah. So you, you guys really don't like it. Nicolas Cage? I hate uh, Nick Cage. Geez. And that was a running joke for like a long <laughs> oh time God. on Wednesday. Oh, my God. Where I, uh, yeah. Tommy, because Tommy and I always bantered back and forth for Christmas for Tommy. I sent mm-hmm. him a box of Nick Cage movies. Oh, you're so mean. Envelopes. And they were nice. It was one for every month, 12 months of the year. (laughs) And Uh it tied to something going on. So like Snake Eyes, I Mm. I digitally put on like like Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, his head on the cover. Mm -hmm. And that was the month when Snake Eyes movie came out. Um, The Nick Cage movie, The Runner. I put that, open it on this date. It was National Running Date. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. That's true, man. I, I totally went out. It was like 12. Um, you have too movie. much time on your hands. Oh, actually, that's why he got it in March. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, no, I despise Nick Cage. So. I was trying to solicit, you know, people for Sniper and Rook movie before. So mm-hmm. Nick Cage, if you're watching, we love I you. got no place for you. Oh, Ooh. man. Have well, you guys seen you know, the trailer for his new movie? Uh, he could be a porter. He's got a new movie? He's got a new movie coming out. It what, looks what's, awesome. Pedro Pascal what? is in it. Ooh, really? Oh, wow. Mandalorian is in it. John it's, doesn't no, it's halfway. Cage plays himself. He Amy knows you will. So Pedro Pascal's birthday party and shenanigans happen. Ah, indeed. Well, I'm going to throw one last question out before we close out. If they could do the original Star Trek cast... AI. Would you watch it, John? Go. I would watch it, but I would prefer to see the uh, the actors and actresses from the Kelvin timeline. Okay. Okay. Anybody else who's a Star Trek fan, chime in quickly. I would not. No. I would, no. Two, two, no. I would not shut up about not Sacrilege. watching it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you no. would do the the pitchfork and everything. I know. No, no, the sandwich no. board. The turn back. We're not going to protest. We're not the doing end the end is not. The end is not. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. So Look at Tom. Tommy. that chicken Christmas year-long present. Oh, man. He wants a year-long present. So you, knowing that John's not going to do anything halfway, Tommy, you might just get what you asked for. <laughs> and that, that could be really scary. But uh, I know what I'm going to ask for here, and that's what what do we say, folks, when we're about to close our show? Because we all say, say something, sorry. and we say, I apologize. Sometimes we say that, but sometimes we say, make mind silver line. I know. Oh, you guys are great. Oh, we appreciate you coming out tonight to be on the show. And I'm doing closing hey, credits. I'm Alex Savio, and I just want to let you know, make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.